You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 461. In this episode, I talk to Jennifer Priest about how Pinterest is the search engine you are overlooking to get more clients. Today, I speak with Jennifer Priest. She is a prominent digital marketing strategist who helps online business owners develop a winning Pinterest strategy to build their audience, drive traffic, and get people into their funnel. In this episode, we talk about how Pinterest is the search engine you are overlooking to get more clients. But before we dive in, I have a question for you. Are you ready for more in life and business? Do you want to earn more and work less? The mantra of earning more and working less isn't a myth. It's all about scaling up your business the right way. So if you find yourself in the overworked trap and possibly earning too little, then I can help you. I invite you to apply to receive a personal assessment from one of my expert coaches where they'll help you figure out the steps to take to get you out of that trap. Go to the show notes at signal.com forward slash 461 to apply for a free assessment. And in the show notes, you will of course find all the links to Jennifer Priest. I am so excited to finally do this episode with Jennifer Priest. We've been trying to do this for, I think, one and a half years. So thank you for coming on the show, Thanks Jennifer. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so we met face-to-face -face at Social Media Marketing World in March 2020, just before everything went crazy. Yes. So was that the last event you've went to? Yeah, it was. I, in fact, everybody there was talking about it. Like we were like, should, should we even be at this event? Like it, it was really at the, at the very uh, end there. Yeah. Yeah. I started to feel very uncomfortable right. like on day two. And I remember going to, uh, CSV and, uh, you know, trying to get some hand sanitizer and they were sold out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But two, two days earlier, there had been enough of them. So it was like, we were really on the edge and I'm, I'm glad we uh, got out of it safely. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to talk about Pinterest today, but before we dive into that, uh, I'm so curious about all of my guests, how they get into the things that they do. So why Pinterest? Like what, what's the background? Yeah. So I, I started doing, um, I was in a multi-level marketing company and I started, you know, selling their products and marketing that with email marketing. And, um, I did that for a few years and was really successful back in like the early two thousands. And then I got onto Facebook and got a blog in 2007 when everybody's like, you gotta be on Facebook. You gotta, you gotta make a website. And I did all of that to market my scrapbooking classes. I was teaching these classes to people going to stores. I was selling kits online. I started an Etsy shop that same year. Um, and, uh, I moved away from multi-level marketing and now I was just doing my own thing. And through that, I started becoming a go-to person in the craft world for, Oh, can you help me with my social media? Can you help me with my digital marketing? And I started to get mm. corporate clients around 2009. And I was a social media manager for 10 years. And I, so I had all these different things going. I did social media management. I had an Etsy shop. I had 
the uh, subscription box club. I taught classes in person and online, and I just reached a level of burnout. And my, um, one of my really good friends was like, Jennifer, you use your blog to market your business, to market the kits you're selling, market the companies you work with, but you don't actually like make money from the blog. You should have ads and you should work with sponsors. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't really know how to do that. And she's like, you've got to get traffic in order to get on an ad network. And my traffic was really bad. It was like 10,000 hits a month. I didn't need a lot of traffic because my email marketing and my social media marketing were really strong. And I made enough sales to hit my goals. They were pretty meager goals. It was like under six figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so everybody said, this was like 2014. Everybody's like, you need to use Pinterest to get traffic. Like Google's great, but you need to focus on Pinterest. And I spent a, over a year trying to figure out Pinterest, hitting my head against the wall. I tripled my followers. And I was like, I'm still not, I'm still only getting like 10,000 hits a month. In fact, I, I was at, when I first started, I was getting about 30,000 hits a month. And then I got blacklisted by Google. So then I only got 10,000 and I was like, how, oh. how am I going to get these hundred thousand page views I need to work with the sponsors I want to work with to get on the ad network. And so I really went deep on Pinterest and the whole motivation behind it was I wanted to free up my life from being tied to shipping $2 items to people and dealing with all that customer service and having clients where they'd call me at, you know, five o'clock on Friday, we need this up right now. And and just, you know, totally pushing the scope. And my life was not my own. And so I knew if I Mm. could get all this traffic coming for free from Pinterest, then I could make that passive income or or more passive income, right? Like ad network money, affiliate money. And so that's why I did a deep dive on Pinterest. And once I figured it out for myself, then everyone was like, oh my gosh, you have to do a course. And I was like, well, everyone has a course on Pinterest. Like what's unique about that. And so then I went down that path. And for four years now, I've been teaching a program called smart pin pro and decided to double down and go all in and become like the Pinterest expert. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you dare to do that because so many people shy away from niching down mm-hmm. because there were so many things you could do, but what impact has it had on the business that you have niched down? So it's been really interesting. I had a conversation with Michael Stelzner, the CEO of social media examiner who um, runs social media marketing world. And this was a couple of years ago. He asked me to be on his podcast. And when we were talking, he's like, I've been following you for years. I've been aware of you, but I didn't know what you did. And that was really profound to me because I did everything, right? You'd go to my site and I'm like, I can do this for you. I can social media manage, I can email market. And it was really confusing. And so I, I, that made me realize I missed out on a lot of opportunities because people weren't understanding me at the very beginning and they were writing me off. And so I realized like, if I could niche down to one thing, they can get in the door once they're in the door, cause they understand what I have to offer, then they can see all the other brilliance and I can do this other stuff. But with, with everything offered at once, it was too overwhelming for people. Oh, that's exactly the thing that I try to sell my <laughs> clients. Just get them in the door, be known for one thing, get them in the door. And afterwards you can do whatever you yes, want. Yes. And, and that's what I'm <laughs> doing now. So I started a next level program where we're doing a lot more things on their, on their business way beyond Pinterest. And they wouldn't, having the, the entry point be Pinterest has helped build the know, like, and trust to, to such a deep level that like, 
when I launched this new program, it sold out in less than 12 hours. I only launched it to my current clients. So it's, it's like, it's been hard for me to go and just be like one thing, one product, but it has absolutely paid off. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is so juicy for my (laughs) clients. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. So Pinterest. Yeah. You have been doing this for several years already. And I have a Pinterest account and I go there, especially when I was planning my wedding. (laughs) That was 2012. Uh, When I got a new apartment last year, I wanted to kind of have a board and share with people to decide which furniture I was going to buy. So I guess everyone uh, knows the use of Pinterest for those types of things. So give us the case study for why someone who is not selling something visual, like, you know, products or even interior designer or stylist who is selling services related to products, why, why should they be on Pinterest? So this is such an interesting question because we do have this idea that Pinterest is the place that you go for recipes and craft and home and you know, planning your vision board and, and all pitting all the vacation places, you're never actually going to go. Like that's what we think of Pinterest as, but people are actually using Pinterest in a much different way. And with everything that happened with the lockdown, Pinterest doubled down on this idea that they are the place of positivity on the internet. And so people go to Pinterest to mindlessly scroll for hours, but that's not all that they're doing. They're using it to plan purchases. Pinterest has a business site. And as much as it would be fun to memorize all of those stats, they change all the time. And so if you want to see all the stats of like how many users Pinterest has, you know, it's like, I think over 70% of pinners use Pinterest to make purchasing decisions. You know, they're, they're twice as likely to make a purchase if they're active on Pinterest. There's all these stats. You can go and read all of that, which is a lot of fun, Um, (laughs) but I don't really want to memorize it. It's more that they're using Pinterest within their life and Pinterest wants to fit in as part of how people take action in their real life offline. So whether that's finding a recipe or planning their wedding, like we know, or it's other things. So for example, one of my uh, members has a lot of content about dementia and she's getting Mm -hmm. a lot of traffic from Pinterest. You wouldn't think Dementia is something that people will be searching for on Pinterest, but they are, they're searching for it. They're pinning it. They're doing research. And more importantly, they're clicking over from Pinterest to these sites talking about dementia. And she was saying that there's only like two other bloggers that talk about dementia and they have a couple of weekly performing pins and she's at the top for that, for that Mm -hmm. content. And so we're like, okay, how can we, how can we really get you even more traffic? And so there's a lot of opportunities there that I think that people are missing. Um, we have a party, a party rental business that was in my program. And as you can imagine, they did rentals and big activations for trade shows. This last year and a half has been really challenging for them. They used Pinterest to continue to get leads and have been using that over LinkedIn to book B2B clients who are buying $10,000, $30,000, $40,000 party rental activations for trade shows in 2022 and 2023. That is from Pinterest. And she was, she mm. actually told me, she's like, I've spent hours and hours and hours on Instagram getting, you know, $1,000, $2,000 clients. 
I put my content on Pinterest. It's evergreen. That means it is served up forever. It doesn't expire in 24 hours, like Facebook or a story, or it goes forever. And that was a very little amount of work I had to do to get those leads that are coming in to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. So it, I think we mm. overlook it, but it's really, if we look at Pinterest mission, how they want to fit into how people are executing actions in their life, there's a plethora of opportunities. Mm. So what you're saying is that the person who plans their wedding or looks for recipes starts to use Pinterest for almost anything in their life. Yes. Yes. So it's like a Pinterest user. Yeah, they're, they're called a pinner and they use it for different things. And um, one of the things that I think is really interesting, if you want to know about how people use Pinterest is not necessarily think about how you use it, ask someone in your target market, how they use it, or ask like just someone in your family. Like I'm right now very much interested in how my daughter is using Pinterest. She's 22 and she's been giving me some really interesting insights as to what she's doing. How does she decide if she's going to click on a pin? Um, it's really cool because we as marketers, like one of my, one of my favorite sayings of all time is you can't read the label from inside the bottle. We know our, our things so well, it's really hard for us to step outside and be like, well, how does somebody actually discover what I have to offer? And so I think that's mm. handy. Um, another thing that you can do, there's two other things you can do to see, like, should I even be on Pinterest is go in the search bar on Pinterest and search for your topic and see what comes up. Anybody in the world can pin from your site, unless you have it blocked, which I wouldn't recommend anybody in the world can pin from your site to Pinterest. You don't have to be mm -hmm. on Pinterest to have that happen. Now they're going to pin whatever willy nilly stuff there. If you don't have it optimized for Pinterest, you don't have the right size images. It's just going to pull whatever metadata is on your site and plop it on. So that's where it's, it's important to be intentional and purposeful with a Pinterest strategy but they can pin it. So you can see, is my stuff coming up when I search? What is coming up? Are my competitors on there killing it? And I'm missing an opportunity. Like, are there a, a bajillion pens for relationship coaches? And I'm missing out because I'm a relationship coach and I decided I'm just going to focus on Instagram only. So that's one thing mm. you can do. And another thing you can do is because anyone can pin you can look in your Google analytics and see if Pinterest is a traffic source for you, because if your audience is pinning your stuff to Pinterest, then that means they're probably using Pinterest and could be looking for you on Pinterest. So if you're getting any traffic at all from Pinterest in Google analytics, even if it's a trickle, that means somebody out there saved your stuff to Pinterest. So I'm getting traffic for Pinterest and we are pinning, but possibly not the way we should. So what? What does someone who is starting out and says, okay, I know they are searching for my topic on Pinterest. I know I need to be on there. What do they need to do? Like on a high level strategy, what, what do they need to do to make sure that they have some chance of success? So there's a few different things they need to make sure that they're doing. Um, one is they need to make sure that they're delivering on what I call the promise of the pin. So if they say on their pin that, and this is just a very simple example that you're going to get a chicken taco recipe, then when they click over, they better get a chicken taco recipe. One of the things that happens is that 
people will steal pins and it'll go to a site that's not that actual information. And so Pinterest doesn't want that happening. And the pinner will experience search fatigue when that they're having that. So one of the things that can happen is I'll tell people, okay, there's different facets to your post. And there's like, let's say for the dementia patients, right? Maybe you have a post about what are the best pill boxes to use to organize their medications. And so you might have a pin that talks about the best pill boxes to use to organize your medications. But within that post, there might be something else that you discuss, like, you know, what do you do if somebody has medications that some are two times that are all different times a day, they have to take them. How do you organize that? So you could make a pin targeting that section of the post because you address that information. You just want to make clear that if they're coming from the post, how do you handle when someone is taking medications at multiple times a day and they arrive at the post with the title, how the best pill boxes for dementia patients, that it's clear to them that they're in the right place to get the information you promised on the pin. So we want to make sure that we're doing that. And this leads into, um, the biggest mistake that I see people make with Pinterest when they're designing pins is they aren't designing pins for the search feed that that pin is going to show up in. They're saying, I'm going to use a template from someone. I'm, you know, these are high converting templates. I see a lot of people selling templates and I'm using air quotes for those of you on the podcast. Um, they're, they're, they're like, these are quote, high converting templates for what search? Because if you do a search on Pinterest and I will ask you guys to do this just as an exercise to see, you will see that every single feed has different colors, different fonts different design styles, different things that will stand out to you. And that means that for every single different keyword search, your pin needs to be optimized to catch someone's eye, to show up in that search. And so this is like a real big problem with people using templates. I offer templates in my own program and I always have to caution them like if I can go on Pinterest and I recognize that that's my template, you did not customize it enough. Like it, I should not be able to see that it's my template. And I see them all the time um, because that means they're not doing the work of customizing. So here's an experiment. Go on to Pinterest and search for eggplant. Then go on to Pinterest and search for sofas and go on to Pinterest and search for um, weight loss. All of those pins will look extremely different extremely different that show in the feed. There is no way that you can use one quote, high converting template for all of those searches, because you're going to have to customize to the colors in the feed, either to contrast or to, to complement. You're going to have to maybe in that feed, there's a lot of really long pins. So maybe you want to experiment with a different shape there. There's a lot of customization that needs to happen. And a lot of people don't spend time on that and when I have people coming into my program, they will make a big shift from just churning out. They think that the magic is in how many times you pin something and how often you pin it. That's not it. The magic is all in the front end, just like SEO. How, what's the research I'm going to do for this pin? How am I going to make it stand out? How am I going to design it? How am I going to create a really good description for it? Where am I going to pin it and why? That all happens on the front end. And then almost the final step is when you pin it. And so it's really, it's really loading the front end more with really optimizing that pin before you put it out. Because here's the thing, the pin lives 
forever. It's not Instagram where you're just pumping out posts that aren't shown to anyone anymore after a few, after a few hours or a few days. On Pinterest, that pin, once that pin hits Pinterest, it starts collecting data about it. And at, every day that that pin gets older, Pinterest has more and more data about what the pin's about, who to show it to, who's going to be most responsive, and um, who they should be showing it to, right? And so as every pin gets older, it just has more of a better and better and better chance of performing for you. It's like it gets better with age. Yeah, it's like wine. Yes. The Pinterest is Red wine. wine. Good wine. Yeah, good wine. Pinterest is wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that you say that because uh, let's say I go on there and I put in some keywords and I realize that uh, someone in my industry has very like pink and very strong colors, mm -hmm. then I might want to opt for maybe not using my red, but rather a white background and, you know, red letters or black letters or something. So it actually stands out. Yeah. And then thinking too, in the, in the, what's going on in the thought process of that customer, what are the internal problems happening that like, what kind of colors could you use to speak to them? If they're really overwhelmed, a hot pink, like I see this a lot with, with women offering business to business services, lots of pink, lots of pastels, lots of script fonts. They, that might not resonate with what that customer needs. And they may need somebody that's more simple. They may need something that's bolder. They may need something that's a little more masculine. They may need, so really thinking about like what would call out to my person and what they need. An example is I see a lot of posts about decluttering and the pin, a lot of pins, and they're really cluttered. They're overwhelming. And so there's, there's a part of it of like, maybe we have some pins like that, but maybe we also have some pins that are more simple and calming and kind of like, here's the promise of what we're going to help you with. And, and, and really just kind of getting into their head about what's going to call out to this person. And they're going to be like, Ooh, that one. So a lot more search uh, research upfront mm -hmm. before we go and create graphics and pin. But still, there is this, uh, I don't know if it's a myth, you were kind of <laughs> alluding to it, like that you need to be pinning every day and multiple times a day. Like what's the strategy there? So this is what I call the mechanics. Um, I have this thing I call the Bermuda Triangle of Pinterest and mechanics is one of the, the corners. And you know, if you're in, if you're focused on mechanics, if you are asking questions like, how many boards can I pin to? How many pins per day? How many boards should I have? Anything that's like how many? You're focused on the wrong thing. The only reason that we pin anything to Pinterest, to any board, is to give Pinterest as much information as possible about what is at the destination URL, about what the pin is about. Whether that's a product pin they can purchase on Pinterest, whether that's an idea pin they can consume on Pinterest, or it's a standard pin or video pin that links to your site. The only reason to pin is to give Pinterest as much information as possible about the destination URL or the pin, if it's, if it's an idea pin. So think of it like if you were to submit your site to Google Search Console, you're not gonna every day go submit every single post to Google Search Console. You only need it to look at it when you have anything new that has happened, any new information that Google needs to know. The same with Pinterest. Now the boards that we pin pins to, that gives Pinterest more information about the destination URL. If I had a blog post about my like chicken taco example, I would pin that to my board, taco recipes. 
I could also pin it to my board, Mexican food recipes, because it gives more information. But if it's also a 30 minute meal, I could pin that to my 30 minute meals board as well to let Pinterest know, Hey, this is a quick and easy 30 minute meal. That's why I would pin to those places. Nowhere in there is a set number of boards to pin to, or a set number of pins to pin per day. It's really about why am I pinning this to Pinterest? What new information does Pinterest need to know about this pin so it can show it to the right people? And then the boards, how many boards you choose is based on the relevance to the pin. So this is another thing where people are like, I need to pin it to at least, you know, 10 boards. No, you need to pin it to relevant boards. It's much like what happens with hashtags, right? Everyone says use five hashtags on Instagram because, well, you can use 30, but then that doesn't work. Well, why doesn't it work? Because as we're going down the list of, of either hashtags or boards, we start to get more vague. So if I continue with the chicken taco example, I've done the taco recipes, Mexican food recipes, the 30 minute meals. I might do, um, you know, easy dinners and then I'll do best blogger recipes. And then I'll do like Jennifer's favorite recipes. And it just starts to say, how much information does pinning to Jennifer's favorite recipes give to Pinterest about this particular pin? It doesn't, right? We get more and more general and vague. And so the question we always have to ask is why am I pinning this? What additional information is this activity going to give to Pinterest about this pin so it can show it to the right people? So if someone is, for instance, creating fresh new content once a week, it could be a blog post, a podcast, a video, that's really where they should think of the pins they can generate from that content. It could be more than one pin, as you said, it could be content within the content, um, but they shouldn't be inventing some pins, just, I don't know, <laughs> that doesn't lead to a good place. Right. Like, and this, this happens with, with what I call goal alignment. Um, and in my program, we start with goals and everybody's like, why are we doing this? Because you can't get there if you don't know where you're going. Most of the time, what we're trying to do in our business, is, especially like when we're talking about bloggers. And if any service providers creating that regular content, we know based on the Pareto principle, right? The 80, 20 rule that only a small percentage of what we do is actually going to account for like a large percentage of our results. So you don't need to pin everything that you ever have and everything that you ever put out. You need to pin what is going to get you results that get you to your goals. So that's also something that people in my program have found very liberating because they're constantly like, I need to make fresh pins for all my old content. I need to make tons and tons of new content. So that's fresh and brand new. And I use air quotes there. Um, and they're burning out and it's, it's not about that. It's like, okay, what do I need to pin? That's going to help me reach this goal. Yeah. That makes it sound a lot easier, but can you really grow if you just do three pins a week? Yeah. So it's not necessarily about volume. It's like, what are you pinning? Um, Pinterest has, I call these modes, different types of pins. So they have the standard pin. That's a long image. Usually that we see they have video pins. Both of those can link out to your site. So those are good for traffic. Then they have idea pins. Idea pins used to be called story pins. What an idea pin is, it's a full idea presented on Pinterest where it's like panels that someone can go through 
And Pinterest's idea is that from just the idea pin, they can execute it completely without leaving the site. Idea pins do not link to your site. And then there's product pins that are only for people that are merchants. And so I'm not, I don't talk about those too much, but basically you have these three different modes within any search feed, or we call these surfaces on Pinterest, the search feed, the home feed, anywhere that pins show up, there are a certain number of slots for idea pins, and they're always at the top for the most part, a certain number of slots for standard pins and a certain number of slots for video pins. If you're only making standard pins, you're only gonna show up in those slots. So you need to make a variety of different pin types and so you'll show up in the slots. Now the results you can expect from those are different. If your main goal is traffic, you're not gonna get traffic from idea pins. So when you're making an idea pin because you want to fill a slot in Pinterest surface, um, you need to think about, okay, what can I present that's going to get people who are into my topic to come over and follow me? Because the beautiful thing about idea pins is they're great for impressions and engagement because Pinterest is artificially pushing them to the top of the feed. But at the end of every idea pin is a call to action panel where they say they encourage the pinner to follow you. Once they've followed you, that's a really strong signal to Pinterest to show more of your content to that person. So the mistake I see people doing is they say, I have this blog post or this podcast or whatever that gets a lot of traffic from Pinterest. So I'm going to make an idea pin for that. And they end up presenting their whole idea on the idea pin. And now Pinterest is pushing the idea pin up and not showing your pin that's going to get traffic. Because remember the idea pin doesn't have a link. So what we want to do is create idea pin content that will attract somebody to what we have to offer, but doesn't give them the whole enchilada. So an example of that would be, let's say I have an amazing spaghetti bolognese recipe. I might make an idea pin that talks about how to cook spaghetti that does and how to make it not sticky, right? So I present a couple tips and get them to follow me because obviously they're interested in cooking, they're interested in recipes, they're interested in spaghetti specifically, but I'm not going to give my recipe in the idea pin. So it's not so much about pinning every, however many pins a week, it's being really intentional with like, I'm gonna use the different modes of pins and why am I using them? And that'll help determine like how many pins you need to pin because it's going to be based on your goals. So people that teach Pinterest, you know, often talk about, you know, like traffic, like the numbers traffic. What, what is a good traffic number? Is there, is there a number? <laughs> yeah, there, I don't think there is a good traffic number. Um, a lot of times, and this is something I get asked to people are like, well, what's a good conversion rate from Pinterest? So what's a good click through rate? And my belief is like, yes, there are industry standards for things, but what I see happening is people will achieve the industry standard and they'll say, oh, I'm done. And it's like, no, 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 no. The standard you should always be chasing is one better than where you are now. So if the regular click-through rate is, I'm just making this up, is 2% and I'm getting 10%, do I stop? No, I'm going to try to get 11%. <laughs> Right. And so I think that sometimes we use that as a distraction so that we can check off a box and be like done with that one or, or we use it as a way to measure ourselves and say, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting results. I'm going to write off this, this, uh, platform when really it's about like, 
if we, if we go back super big picture with it, I have something that I want to do to serve people. I have this amazing thing I want to put out into the world. I am doing people a disservice if I am not making it as easy as possible for them to find it in the places that they are. And if we look at it from that point, it's like, yeah, it's nice to track the numbers, but if you were like, I'm not going to do Pinterest because I don't get enough click-throughs. It's not really that it's Pinterest's fault. It's more that you haven't done the work to optimize the content well enough to reach your audience that is there. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so Jennifer, this has been amazing. We could go on forever. <laughs> yeah, I it's could. just, you're amazing. You're an amazing human you being. Too. Uh, we're Facebook <laughs> We're Facebook friends forever after our encounter in San Diego and uh, you're doing amazing things also personally. So I just, I just wanted to share that. So what is the best place for people to find out more about you and your programs? Um, just go to my website, smartcreativesocial.com. At the top, I have a free roadmap that you guys can download. It tells you all kinds of things about what's different about Pinterest now from, you know, even a year ago. And um, from there, you will be put into my funnel and you will get emails and you'll hear about all the things. <laughs> of course, of yeah. course. So we'll link this up in the show note, obviously. And Jennifer, I don't know when we'll see each other next, uh, but I hope one day we'll meet again because I think you're amazing. Um, Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. If you want a lighter business that feels more you and makes you more money, then I invite you to apply to receive a personalized assessment from one of my expert coaches. Go to the show notes at signal.com forward slash 461 to apply for a free assessment. In the show notes, you will of course also find all the links to Jennifer Priest. Thank you for listening to The Signal Show. See you in the next episode.